Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dax Shepard. I'm joined by Monica Lily Padman. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. It's 10 days after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, day before Thanksgiving. It's the day before Thanksgiving, but it's not. It's four days after That's right. Thanksgiving. One of my best friends is on, long overdue. A lot of people have asked when this was going to happen, and he finally had a movie to promote, so oh, he's here. He's here. America's Sexiest Man 2011. What was it? 2011. 2011, which we talk about. It's so wonderful. Bradley Cooper. My God, what a fucking boss. He's a goddamn Grammy winner. I didn't even know that till I read this and we've oh, been friends for- Oh, from Stars Born. Yes, yep. of course. Yep, yep, yep. My prediction is he's going to have an EGOT an by the EGOT. end of his life. A to- yeah, that's very possible because he did Elephant Man. He could get a Tony. He could grab himself He can a easily Tony. get himself a Tony and an, an Emmy. Yeah, Emmy just has a guest star in some show that's popular okay. and they'll give it to him. Okay. They'll hand it to him. Or it's so sidetracked. <laughs> I mean, I feel silly even reading his credits, but A Star is Born, The Hangover, American Sniper, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle. What a bad motherfucker. He's got a new movie out that we saw that is incredible called Nightmare Alley. Guillermo del Toro, and if you're not a fan of his work, watch it all. He's so good. He's incredible. He makes real-life fairy tales, and they're so meticulous and wonderful. So people should check out Nightmare Alley. It is out December 17th. Now for the big news. We're going to do a New Year's Eve live show, our first ever New Year's Eve live it's show. It's going to be fun. I'm looking so forward to it because I don't care about New Year's Eve. It's never for me because I'm a boring, sober person. Yeah. But I'm looking forward very much to Armchair and Dangerous live in Los Angeles, December 31st at the Wiltern. Let me also add, this is a mere 21 hours away from my... Oh, 26 hours away from my birthday as well. Yeah, so, so it's also a birthday it's party. It's a birthday show. So oh if gosh. you want to bring me, you know, really tasteful <laughs> presents. I really like this designer, Todd Schneider. <laughs> He's, everything he makes, I seem to like. The show's going to be not early, but on the earlier end. So like you can still go do a thing after mm, if you'd like. That's exactly right. We're going to be kicking the party off at 8 p.m. Yeah. We're going to give you a big boner of a show. And then you're going to go out and get fucked up. And watch uh, that hook up drop. with coworkers and peers. I hope, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get tickets, they go on sale this Friday, December 3rd at 10 a.m. California time. So go to our website for the ticket link at armchairexpertpod.com. That's armchairexpertpod.com to see us on New Year's Eve at the Wiltern in Los Angeles. Get your tickies. They're going to go quickie. Enjoy Bradley Cooper. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's an object expert. He's an object Yes. <laughs> Can you see me? You look so serious. I was waving to you. I didn't see you. Oh man. Wow, this is intense. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a, it's an actual armchair because I've never seen it. I've only heard it. You haven't been up in the attic? Yeah, yeah, I have, but I don't remember the now, but just being on the show and seeing that you're in the actual armchair. Yeah, it's like a gimmick and yet it's real. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, sweetie? Good. Good. Oh my Thanks God. Thanks for doing what? this, man. Really, thank you for doing this. Oh my God. It's a big deal for us. Big. For the film? Yeah, for me, for the film, yeah, it's like a huge thing, yeah. Oh, come on now. First off, can we talk about the fact that you have the AirPod Maxes, which I just got. How wonderful are those? They're insane. I mean, truly, I feel like they've changed my life. Like, I'm now into listening to music everywhere I'm at. Wow, do you wear these all the time? Okay, so you'll love this, and it pertains to you specifically. So I had a full-fledged meltdown. I don't know if I told you this, but Monica is here to back it up. In oh, your apartment. I have PTSD from those headphones. <laughs> You're going to really like this. So the trip to your apartment got pretty hectic in the child care department. And trying to go to those little cafes and stuff in Paris and just taking up too many tables and me getting really just... You felt out of control. I felt very out of control. They're on the phone, which I don't like. Whatever. And look, I was powerless. I'm there to visit Kristen with two kids. Like, I'm in that role. And I can't leave. And I think all these things combined, I just had a full... I went into your bedroom. <laughs> we stayed at Bradley's apartment in Paris. That, which you're so fucking generous yes. that you've let Kristen stay there a few times and myself. So we're there. And, and I guess it was 3 p.m. I called it. I called it. Coop, I went to your bedroom and I laid in your bed in the fetal position and I listened to music for about eight hours straight, literally kind of rocking in the fetal position. And wow. we were only there for 36 hours. <laughs> Let's be, we were in Paris for 36 hours and 20 of them Dak spent in your bed. It was so thinking about so, such a specific experience. Thinking about where I could get ecstasy, where I could go drink. Oh, yeah, I was going to drink. I was going to wow. disappear for maybe three weeks. Or I was going to lay in your bed and rock for eight hours, which I chose to do, and I got through it. But those headphones <laughs> were a huge part of it. So you had the headphones on the whole time, so you didn't hear anything else, but what was going on in the headphones? Look, I've since hopefully unpacked it a bit since we've gotten home, and I have uh, a theory and all this stuff, but... For the remainder of the trip, every time I felt like I was passing into a zone where I was going to start trying to escape, I'd put those fucking... It could be in a cab. We were in London. Huge fight going on. Every, chaos. Pop those things on and just left. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because 
I used to walk around New York City all the time with these on. Uh-huh. And this is pre-pandemic. And I was on the subway, 11.45, to pick Leah up downtown at Russian school. And I got held up at knife point. <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa. That, when? The October before the March pandemic hit. Hold on. How are we best friends? And I'm just learning. You yeah, I never told you that. Yeah, I never. <laughs> yeah. That's, it was pretty insane. News. But I realized I had gotten way, way too comfortable in this city. <laughs> Like, like when, just, my guard was down. Because of the headphones. <laughs> yeah, well, the headphones, yeah, yeah. May, you know, the, well, that takes away one sensory guidepost, yeah. gone, you yep. know. And then you wear sunglasses and a hat, like, because you're trying to be incognito, but no one knows who you are anyway, so it doesn't matter. She just looked like an idiot. <laughs> so I'm oh. like that, and I'm all the way at the end of the subway, which I would just innately just go all the way down to the end, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I felt somebody coming up, and I thought, oh, they want to take a photo or something. And sure. then as I turn, I'm literally like this. I'm like I'm up against the post, like it's the French Connection mm. or some shit. And then I like turn, <laughs> and I look down, and I see a knife, like <gasps> a knife, probably that big a knife. I'm going to say that's four and a half inches. No, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe like two and a half, two and a half, three okay. inches. Like a pocket yeah. knife. Yes, with okay. a wooden handle. I remember thinking, oh. like, oh, it's a nice knife. <laughs> yeah, like this is, a, it's got some history. Like, that's a, that's that, a like, heirloom, like of, it was his father. It's like, what's that like bait and tackle place that when we were kids, like was always, like I was like, oh, I just want to live in that store. What was that store like? You know, <laughs> the official store in Maine. No, it was not Patagonia, but it was something else. You remember that store? Anyway. We had Bass Pro Shop <laughs> in you Michigan. Did? No, yeah, this yeah, was yeah. called, uh, it's like two initials and then a name. J- Beam. Oh, uh, L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Yes, yes. So I look I look down. I look down. I see the knife. I look up. Now, I have my headphones on the whole time, so I can't hear anything. I'm just listening to music. So sure. it's it's scored. The whole thing is scored. Oh, wow. Yeah, can I ask what you do you remember what you were listening to? I can't to? remember. Oh, I can't bummer. Remember. I, know. I wish it were like the heat soundtrack. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I look up, I see the person's eyes, and I'm I'm like taken by how young they are. And mm. then I'm sure you were taught this, you don't ever run from knife that you just try to kind of like stay there. And I go like that, knock lifted your arm elbow up and just start booking. Oh wow. You just started running, jumped over the, uh, not carousel, what is it called? The Like the turn turnstile. The turnstile. Jumped over the turnstile, hit around the white tiled uh, foyer entrance to the subway, took my phone out. Okay. He jumped over, running away, up, and I took a photo of him. And then I chased him up the stairs. He started running up 7th Avenue. I took two more photographs of him. I ran down two police officers in an SUV showed them the the photograph and I'm like talking to them and the guy kept saying it was so interesting he's like are, are you stabbed and I was like oh, no 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 oh. he goes and he goes no no check to see if you're stabbed because oh, realizing wow. like like what happens if people get stabbed and they're in shock oh my yeah. god and I looked to see if he was right it was crazy bro Ooh. oh my god I didn't even know this yeah and then I got back on the subway and picked up my daughter like it was crazy so what was the point of that story? Oh, headphones. Yeah, headphones. Yeah, this is they not can, a good yeah. endorsement for these headphones. <laughs> well, look. Let me just paint the picture. If you get these headphones, headphones, you'll fucking ignore your family exactly. in an unhealthy manner, and then you can get yourself <laughs> robbed right. at knife point. These are a great product. <laughs> Steve Jobs is smiling in his grave oh, right now God. about these fucking headphones. 
But they do work, the noise canceling, man. No, they're I, amazing. I just, I'm t- you're in yeah. a different world. <laughs> yeah, you're Great completely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And then the day after that, we were looking at this astrology Instagram account that starts like breaking down all your uh, your sign and all of this. And it said, what did it say? It's like what you're going to pack on a trip. Yeah, what you'll pack on a trip. Capricorn. Dear old Dax right. and, and you? Cooper. Yeah, oh. we're going to get into that. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was, what would you pack on a trip? Noise-canceling headphones, Capricorn. Literally, we read that. The next that, day. We read that the day after I had freaked out and, and was hiding in my headphones. It said, what would you pack? It was so ironic. And, and I had to just have a big laugh as the uh, Kristen and Monica just were like, Jesus Christ. Okay, so great, great segue. Thank you, Monica. So- I think people would be curious, I would be curious why you and I are best buddies and how we met. And I wonder what your memory is. Mine is Westwood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I was with Will and Will Arnett was how we met. No, no, he wasn't there. He wasn't there? But he was the connective tissue because we saw each other and he had been And we said, oh, Will Arnett, right. Because he had just finished, recently finished Let's Go to Prison, right? Yes, and he spoke so kindly of you and you guys were bros. And and vice versa, yeah. Yeah, so when we saw each other, it was this explosion of like, oh, yeah, Will, oh, we're supposed to meet. Uh, and then generally, I think when someone thinks two people are going to be friends, generally it goes the other way, wouldn't you say? <laughs> like, oh, you're going to love this dude, Kyle. That's He's- true. Well, it doesn't go as, as well as, <laughs> as, as explosive as ours did. Will Arnett right. was like left in the dust. I don't even like remember that. <laughs> Will, <laughs> we, <laughs> we fell deeply in love with each other, period. Oh, oh. A couple love addicts, like just, uh, it's on, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Totally, totally, like, totally. where are we go? Are we going to Europe for a month? Like, what is next? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> are we going to play like just a regular game of basketball in your backyard and then it gets real violent? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think what was really fun for both of us is right away we, we discovered that we were born three days apart. I'm on the That's second, right. you're on the fifth. And then we got sober like a month apart. And then, buckle up, we were both born deaf. To me, that was like, let's seal the deal here. Yeah, pretty crazy. And again, it could have gone wrong. Like, these are my lanes. Like, (laughs) this is my lane. Yeah. I think it's also like being in this business and finding somebody that you have such a connection with. Because it's sort of untrue. I mean, you and I are just from not at all. Like, Hollywood's the farthest place ever from, like, how we grew up. And so to meet a like-minded person in this forest of unknown land. You just want to grab on and hold on. You were certainly my lifeline for years. Yes, same, same. There's this like dance you're playing when you're newly in the business where it's like, you kind of want to act like you've been there. Like you don't want to be the dude on set who's like just so enamored with everything that it makes everyone else feel awkward or something. So for me, I was like acting like I belonged at all these places. But then when I met you, I could be like, oh my God, you worked with Vince Vaughn. Like I could geek out and be a fan of Vince Vaughn or I could go, isn't this insane? Like I could, it was like we were childhood friends or something. Like that we could together go like, look at all this crazy shit. We were allowed to expose our like kind of naivete to one another. Or that's my assessment. Yeah, Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, just a feeling of comfort. Just like when I was with you, everything felt okay in this crazy, you know, in Hollywood. Like to go out with you at night was like, everything's going to be fine. Yes. Oh, my God. What fun. What fun we had. Were you sober when you met? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we were both maybe like a year and a half sober. Uh, I was 2004, right? We we got sober. I got sober August 1st, 2004. And you're... 
was September 1st. September 1st, oh. yeah. We met like around 2005 or something, I think, right? Or six. Or six, yeah. 15 years. And what I love about you is you're pretty humble. So I meet you and you're like a great actor and you're handsome and you're athletic. So, and that's all I really know. And then we start like, I get a ping pong table. You know, I got some buddies over. And you're like, uh, you should be on TV playing ping pong. You're, you're so far better than every one of us who's played ping pong. And even some other guys who've played their whole life. And you're just, you're just assassinating guys in the living room at ping pong. And then I found out, oh, oh yeah, Cooper's like an ace ping pong player. And then I find out you're like virtually a college level tennis player. And that when you're doing these summer plays in the Berkshires or wherever you go, your whole day is at the college playing tennis with other collegiate athletes. And I'm like, this is such a bizarre revelation and so fun. And then I just, for me, the apex, I tell the story all the time. I'm like mildly new, you knew French, whatever that means. Like I imagine you could go shopping and stuff. And then we, we were together in, in Paris and you said, do you want to come with me? I got to do this like late night talk show appearance tonight. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come with you to that. And I'm watching you on stage of a comedy show. It's very important that we understand <laughs> this is a comedy show, like a fucking Conan O'Brien. And Cooper Monica's up there. He's like, <laughs> and then the fucking audience is going ballistic. And I'm like, oh my God, this dude speaks French to the level that he's cracking Wait, jokes. Do you, do, you remember, do, you, do you remember when we were like the guest stars for the New Year's Eve special? Do you remember they brought us out on that stage in France? Right? Am I crazy? Didn't they do that? Wait, was I? I think you ushered me out with you, but I don't think yes, anyone had any saying. clue. You're no, 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 no. We, they brought us out. We, we, they may not have known who we were, but we like, we were like the final act of this like New Year's Eve countdown special. Don't you remember that? We walk out to the center of the stage. It was so bizarre. Do you remember that? So vaguely. But yes, I do remember you remember, bringing me like, along. I didn't know what it was. And I was like, come with me to this thing. And like, Just come with me on stage. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm and in like walk, street clothes. Remember that we walk in the middle of this stage. There's like hundreds of people. Everybody was in tuxedos, but us, dude. It was crazy. I'm in winter wear for my last trip. Oh, it's like these two Americans like on, a, on like a tour. Oh, dude. That was so funny. Just hearing you say those things that are so nice to hear, I think that's part of why maybe we had such a connection because I equally found so many of the things that you were good at just like mind-blowing, like your ability to ride motorcycles. It was from meeting Dax that I started to ride motorcycles. And uh, all of your car and knowledge is insane, D despite your scientific knowledge. There's so many things about you that I was always like, how does this guy have the, all these things? So I think when two people meet each other and sort of are enamored with certain aspects, that's a blessing. Yeah. And I think for both of us, we're romantics, right? Like we're just really yeah. deeply, I think we see in each other, like we're both crafting this kind of fantasy life that we've cobbled together. and. And it's an interesting ride. And I feel like we, you and I have been always been able to talk about it because like you're, you're bouncing in and out of like this fantasy world you endeavored upon. Some of it's really feels connected. Some of it feels disconnected. 
And also, I think to me, you represented somebody who's so like manly in quotations, and yet you're also so willing to speak about your feelings and your fears and your insecurities, which I know like in today, I'm sure it's why so many people love what you both do is just to have that level of like self-reflective honesty is what we all want to be around. So that was also something about you that I just like, oh, I could just like trust that like it's okay to share things with you, that you're not going to judge it. And even if you did judge it, I judge it, we would work through it because we'd be willing to talk about it. And I also loved how for any listener who doesn't already know, like you are one tough motherfucker. <laughs> they know. And that is just that they know. Okay, okay. Because that was just, I was I was just like I was just like you know I've been around like, some people growing up that were like you, but like like there was just something cool about like wow I'm friends with like a really tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Well, we were talking about that in Paris because you said that you guys almost got in a fight. Or so. Oh the yeah, two, I was, I was telling Monica we went out to this. Remember, we went to a oh, nightclub. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember every time we almost got in a serious fight. Oh yeah, there have been a couple of them. <laughs> there was like a big dude in a leather jacket, right? Like a French dude, and he was kind of like sniffing us out. Like, oh, I'll, I'll kind of show these dudes whatever. And you were telling that story, and I was like. Okay, I know you find yourself in these situations all the time, but does Bradley, is he the same? Is he also, like, ready to throw down? Oh, my gosh, no. No, the op, no, no. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, (laughs) hold on, hold on. It's not that easy, I don't think. It's not like, so if I'm a seven on the spectrum, Coop's a five, because Coop's big, he's athletic, he's competitive. Other dudes are... They want to jockey against him. Oh, he's a movie star. They want to test him. So I think I think people kind of flex on you. I don't know. I think I grew up learning how to dodge things, like learning how to escape situations when you smell that they could occur. Uh-huh. And, and I think that has really served me. It didn't serve me until I got sober. I mean, I definitely like the last year before I got sober, my inability to smell that out was not great. And then because <laughs> I wasn't sober, I was more than willing to enter into those situations just because I had so much self-loathing and wanted to be a man so desperately. So what better way than to hurt somebody physically? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I grew up running away, smelling something and running away. Sometimes I got hit, but I was never a fighter, no. But you and I both have that spidey sense. Yes, Yes, no question. Which is like, I know danger's coming. Yes, that's right. That's why, bring it back to that subway, I had really gotten comfortable. (laughs) I mean, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was all turned off. I was just, it was just, it was in my couch, like in a living room, like in a yeah, subway. you're like, like, oh, the place is empty. This guy's one inch from me. No problem. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Nothing to see here. Oh, look at this. He's proud of this knife he got from his father. He's showing it to me. Wow, that's from a beautiful LLB, you know, I wonder, yeah. what you, How do you keep it sharp? Do you have one of those stones or is it a thing you just do with your hand? That went right into my ribs there. Yeah, that is yeah, sharp. That's a clean cut. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I kind of took a stab at some things. That's really what it was. You're dead right. What really it was is the same thing I had with Aaron Weekly, which is you are so happy to talk about your fears, how you felt insecure, how you felt less than. And I love that. And that's maybe from us both being in the program or whatever it was, our ability to admit we were scared of where our career was going. Yeah, that you and I met each other when we did at uh, mid-30s. What a sort of vulnerable time for, for us. And even for, I think, you know, males in general. That like 35 to, before 40, 32 to 40. Oh, brother. 
Yeah, sure, sure. We were just so riddled with insecurity and not having the escape of drugs and alcohol. Yes. So, So like confronting so much. I just can't even imagine going through those years without you. Yes. And we had like a teammate to go to these kind of Hollywoody things together. So we could go to like a party at someone's house and we were both sober. And it, again, it reminded me of Aaron and I growing up like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm with Cooper. We're having the best. I, I mean, I always felt that. I remember going to Kate Hudson's Halloween party and I was uh, yes. Magnum P.I. Do you remember that? The way your, your legs and ass looked in those shorts. <laughs> Remember how jealous I was? Just the powerful haunches. Everyone at the party couldn't keep their eyes off your legs. You had the short, short corduroy OPs on. And you look phenomenal. I don't know. know. My calves are pretty non-existent. No, that big, powerful ass. I do do have a big ass. (laughs) But I remember feeling, well, if I'm with Dax, everything's fine. Yeah, it's just, you're one of those cool guys. You just, you've always been, clearly. Right, right, Monica? I mean, he's a cool guy. Oh, don't make me say that. But it is true. But it it, it is true. You can't help it. It's in your DNA. You're just one of the cool ones. And you are too. Uh, No, I'm not. That's cute. You don't think so. That's what's so likable about you. I'm sure he's told you this, but I can see it from the outside that you're one of the only people that I feel like Dax can hear. Like when Mm. you tell him something, he really listens and takes it to heart. And like I sometimes I'm like, I said that I said that six times. Uh huh. It doesn't Mm. matter. It has to come from someone who speaks the same language, who he respects, and there's like three of those people and you're one of them. I may have told you this, Coop, but when I first told Eric I relapsed, we like talk it out. And then I get home and I get a text from Eric that says, I think you probably need to tell all this to Bradley because he'll tell you exactly the truth. And I I don't know if I did or not. And I, I was like, oh, like even people in my life know I got to eventually, I'm going to have to tell you, and you're going to have to mm. tell me the, the truth about the whole mm. situation. And he can hear it. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. And it all started, I talked about it when I interviewed Kate, so I'm happy to say it now. Like, really started when I was struggling in that relationship, just feeling so less than all the time at like a career low. And you taught me through that three months how to actually figure out what I was really responding to. Like, I would think it was, oh, she did X, Y, and Z. She's an asshole. And then you would always go, wow, if she said X, Y, and Z to me, I would feel emasculated or I would feel impotent. And then I was like, oh my God, that is exactly how I feel. And I'm embarrassed because I think at that time I was sober for three years. I should have known how to do that from our program and I didn't. I couldn't find the real fear. And you so taught me to do that. And I, I literally couldn't have been married the last however many years without you teaching me that. And as you know, it's just oh, so much easier to see it from the outside. Things are so much clearer. I mean, that's why um, we need each other as human beings, you know, desperately, I think. Something about you being so capable and handsome and athletic to hear <laughs> you. This is true. You've said that so many times. I know, but it's so true. <laughs> I needed to hear from you that you're insecure, that you that you're fearful, that you like I felt unique. I felt terminal uniqueness that I would feel this less than all the time at 6-3. It, it felt embarrassing. Yeah. And I think because I look up to you so much and I appreciate you on so many levels, it, it, there's just a huge freedom to hear you saying you're having all those things. 
And of course, it's normal to think, well, everybody else must feel great. And we're the pieces of shit. So to learn that, oh, wait a second, being human is a really rough road, no matter who you are. That's a very comforting feeling. Yeah. We're not alone. I mean, isn't that why? I mean, I was talking to my friend last week and like, I know it's like people make fun of like storytelling as like, that's what one does. But as I get older, I'm like, that's what I like to do, right? Is storytell. I know that sounds like whatever it sounds like, but it's the truth. It's like, why do I work so hard at it? And it's because like that need to explore the mysteries of human experience and wanting not to feel so alone and to heal each other. I mean, that that's just the truth. And that's why it's like endlessly fascinating. There is no end goal. And I think that's also why you and I connected and why it's so wonderful to see you today. It's like, you know, we thought we knew so much more than we do now when we were in our mid-30s and what would make us happy and what we needed to achieve to have fulfillment. And we were just so wrong about so many things. <laughs> You know, and to be older now and know like, oh, there is no end. It's just the exploration. That's it. Yeah. Do you think sitting in my kitchen talking about like what we're going to do, me above all, like my plan of I'm going to do this and then I'm going to make this amount of money. And then the next time I make this, like just my whole mapping everything out. And then for us to both have ended up in places that were actually way beyond maybe even what we were talking about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You and I both had kids. Like that's to me, right. that's when. All the planning in the kitchen, we got a lot of those bells and whistles, and it's totally fun. There's great stories. There's all this stuff. But the meaning was, I don't know, for me, it, like the kids had to come into the picture for me to have true purpose I believed in. Yeah, I mean, that children, that's a game. I mean, that there's before and after. Yeah, yeah. nothing's the same. I mean, for me, I'm asking you, for me, I literally stopped planning in a way. I stopped the fantasy of like where yes. I was going. I mean, and, and I think that you definitely had that more than I did, that plan thing. Okay. Right? Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's humiliating. When I interviewed Will, too, is he just kind of like bust me on how much I was like, <laughs> okay, so Sandler made $2.1 off of this movie. It made $49 million. Without a paddle, made $58 I'm going to like, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you, uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have... A whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. So, when we met, 
you had just done failure to launch. I had maybe just done employee of the month. And then this unique situation happens that doesn't happen to most friends is Todd Phillips starts meeting people that might be in the hangover. And it's all of our friends. You meet on it. I meet on it. Arnett meets on it. I don't know, probably Bateman met on it. And I don't know about you, but, and I think we talked about it. I had this deep sense that that thing was going to be something incredible, mostly because I just thought Todd was so fucking brilliant. So do you remember going through that process? And I remember you were, you were showing him tape from you were doing the FX show at that time. You were doing Nip Talk. Yeah. And he wanted to see you be kind of like, I guess, sexy or, or something. And that tape was in the mix. Well, I remember meeting him at the Chateau Marmont and having lunch with him. And, and I had auditioned for him years ago to play the Vince Vaughn role in the remake of Starsky and Hutch. And I remember like, I got to audition for him when I was in New York. And I remember like thinking like, well, this is like the coolest guy in the world, right? Just like him on the chair with the sunglasses. He had those tinted glasses back then. And he's got the best voice like ever, speaking voice. And then so, well, yeah, I remember just that Chateau Marmont thing. Like I thought it went well. And then we really connected on our love of film and Paul Thomas Anderson. And then I remember like I got his email and he said, I'm going to a screening and there will be blood uh, this weekend. You want to come? And so then we went there and I took Klugman with us. And I remember like the Q&A after with Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Thomas Anderson. And then, and then that was it. You and I talked about it, but I never heard from him again. Um, and it was like, six months later, you know, because they tried to put that movie together with a different cast. And then uh, Warner Brothers wouldn't approve the budget. And then so that's why they wound up going with the three of us at a much lower budget. But I was doing a play at Williamstown and I was going to give up. I I thought that was it. Like it just wasn't happening. And I got an email from Todd Phillips. I remember in like August and he's like, uh, let's go. I was like, what? That's how that went down. Like, I thought it was over, completely over. And then out of nowhere, I get this email from him months later. I wonder how much of it you can compute and internalize. Like, I wonder, like, what's your synopsis of the experience of, like, being in that movie, it coming out and being the biggest R-rated comedy in the history? In the wake of that, like, how are you computing going from, I think I might be done with this, maybe I'll just act it in plays, to, holy shit, I'm in a phenom. I mean, there, that definitely was a changing point where I felt like, oh, this is what fame is like after that movie, just because so many people had seen it. And then all of a sudden, the, being recognized uh, around the street, it was like, oh, wow. Like, I think I moved after that because I lived in Venice. My door just opened right up to the street in Venice, California. And I remember yeah. at some point going like, I think I have to move, like to mm. at least where like uh, there's a driveway. <laughs> right, you know right. <laughs> Where you got to walk more than six feet to my door. (laughs) I I, matter of fact, matter of fact, I remember taking, remember Charlotte, Mm -hmm. my dog, Charlotte, your beautiful Charlotte, Charlotte and like a container. We were going to fly to New York. So I was putting her in the trunk and there were like paparazzi behind it. And I remember thinking, oh, fuck these pants. (laughs) They're so low. My ass is going to be hanging out. And I like bending down. And then I was right. Like I went online after and it literally is like a shot of my ass crack. Oh my God, Monica, you got to do some digging. I gotta, yeah, I got to do some digging. And I remember like, I was like, I got to move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Not only is it immediately you're incredibly famous, you're also this heartthrob after mm-hmm. that. You were like the dick in Wedding Crashers to this heartthrob that everyone is obsessed with. And that has got to feel so bizarre. Well, especially if you don't feel like a heartthrob. <laughs> I don't think I ever, ever let that in. 
ever. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say even still, and do you think something will happen if you do that? I mean, at this point, uh, I'm going to be 47, and I think that that ship has sailed in terms of like the reality. But that's interesting you say that. Like, what what is the fear of accepting that that maybe people think that way? Is the fear that I would be like grandiose and like uh, be an asshole, or is that all I am? As a kid, I was like this beautiful cherub of a child. Like, and people thought I was a girl till I was like eight years old. And I remember feeling like a doll, like really like people, you know, just automatically just like pick me up and stuff. And like, and it really affected me as a kid. So big weird. Time. Gloria kept your hair real long too, right? She sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being at Murray's Bagels with like my buddy and they're like, what would you like, ma'am? And I was just uh, like, no, no, I have a jean jacket on with, with, with pins. <laughs> Isn't that manly? <laughs> But I also have to say, like, I definitely had facts to back up my rejection of that notion. I think Dax knows the story. Like, one of the things I, like, early that I, like, feedback gotten on this movie was, like, he's not fuckable. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that was a rough (laughs) thing to hear, you know? I wasn't cast as, like, the hot guy and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I was, like, the sidekick on Alias and, like, the asshole in Wedding Crashers. That was not my experience of roles I went up for necessarily. Although I did play Jake the downtown smoker for Sex and City. It was like the first job I ever did. <laughs> oh, wow. But I remember thinking that like, oh, it's just because my hair is long. <laughs> <laughs> so I really didn't. I remember when like, it's 2011, right? When they were like sexiest man alive thing. And I remember when my publicist, who was still a dear friend, I was like, hey, you, you know, this thing. And I was like, oh. and I was on the set of Silver Linings Playbook. And I was like, that was like, wait, what? Like, I thought it was a joke. I think I thought it was Dax. I, I, I think you were, I thought you were pranking me. Because I always had this oh fear that Dax. Oh, my God. Punk <laughs> reunion. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I thought, oh, my mom's going to be so happy. <laughs> but the fear I thought was like, this is not going to be good. Everybody's going to be like, what? And the truth is, that is what happened. Like no. When they, oh, no, no, watch, 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 watch. When they announced it, I'm not, because back then, like, they would do it on the Today Show, and they'd have, like, the person's cut out. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. When they announced, I, this is, I mean, I, we could always go back and look at the moment, I guess, on YouTube, but my memory of it, I think I'm probably right. It's like, and boom, and she's like, oh, oh it's Bradley Cooper. Literally oh. like that. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Bro, bro. Bro, I, I am not kidding. And I went, oh, shit. My fears are right. And then people protested that Ryan Gosling should get it. There was oh a my protest. God. Oh my God. No, no, no. There was a That's protest. Insane. And I thought, oh, no. See? But that, but that is like, that all happened. That's not me. I didn't make that up. Like, that was for real. I believe that that happened. I believe yeah. that that one woman, yeah. that one woman, and I do believe those deranged fans of Gosling. Yeah, I believe all that. But that's uh, 2%. Yeah, that might be 2%. Mm, I don't know. 98%. It felt, it felt, but it felt like a lot. I would imagine if you had that point of view of yourself at that point, that you're kind of in no man's land. You're in the part of the tennis court you're going to get blasted because you're simultaneous to that going on, like, let's say, between two ferns and Galifianakis is regularly making fun of you because you're so good looking. So it's like on one hand, you're like, I'm too good looking to be accepted by all the comedians and embraced. And yet, I mean, called sexy man a year and they're rioting over it. So it's like, what is it? But it's, both sides feel like it's a downside. Well, I, I never felt not accepted in like the comedic world. That I never felt. I mean, I was able to be in like Wet Hot American Summer and then Wedding Crashers. And I never felt that. 
like I wasn't able to be accepted in that group. I used the wrong word, but I mean, like, you're being called out for being gorgeous as a comedian. Oh, when Zach would do it, I just was like, it made a bit work. But I just thought that was part of a bit, so play along. But you're a gorgeous comedian. The bottom line of everything we're talking about is, like, real self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And whether I'm looking for it aesthetically or any outside way, then I'm in trouble. And that's part of the journey. And yet, did I feel like it was high school all over again when I moved out here to Los Angeles? Well, out there, I guess, since I live in New York now. But I thought I'd conquered so many things, fears. And then I find myself in Los Angeles on a TV show. And I'm like right back to high school not being able to get in clubs and like people not looking at you and like feeling invisible and not good enough. And like, wow, I haven't learned anything. I'm still looking for outside gratification to give myself self-esteem. And that's the only thing I'd say that is like our industry highlights because there is so much instant gratification. Then you feel those highs and lows inside your body and brain. It really forces us, I think, to work on ourselves in a way so that we really develop a real sense of self-esteem that isn't predicated upon those things, which are meaningless anyway. It has really nothing to do with the reality of oneself. I actually am now thinking like your experience on Alias actually might be the most helpful thing someone could hear about your Mm. story. Can you tell us? Yeah. Graduated grad school, was like $75,000 in debt, and then um, working in New York, and then met J.J. Abrams in New York, who was just like a bolt of magical energy. And all of a sudden, like, he wants me to be in his show. I was like on cloud nine. And so I move out to to L.A., shoot this pilot. Jennifer Garner's the most luminous person I'd ever met. And she was like, met me with like a box of cookies that she had just baked. (laughs) And and all of a sudden, I have this community right away. Victor Garber, Ron Rifkin, Michael Vartan, who I thought was like the most beautiful character charismatic, best tennis player, guitar player, like that guy had everything. <laughs> and then he likes me, like he's nice to me and every, and Marin Dungy and all these people. And I love film. And that JJ and Ken Olin, they were open for me to like be in the editing room and I would get everybody's dailies. And like, it was just like heaven. Although I found myself like relegated to like two days a week working and I'm like living in the bottom floor of this woman's house up in Fairfax. And, you know, it's a car culture. And I don't, I'm like paying this guy like a weekly thing for his golf Volkswagen. And, and I'm just, and I start picking up golf at the public Malibu course. It's like crazy stuff because yeah, I'm yeah. not doing anything. So I'm just like watching dailies and like sitting in the editing room and then like playing golf at 6.15 in the morning with this guy who like runs an eyewear thing and this other guy. And, and I got to know. And like, I watched like my, my role just get diminished and more diminished. And that was the birth of comments. There was like this thing called television without pity. And back then there was a dial up modem. So when you would wait to read a comment, you'd have to like wait for it to load. And I remember reading comments and they were saying your largest fears, like he's dirty, he's ugly. Like how did the producers like, and I was like, holy shit. Like Uh I went on there going like, this is amazing. I'm on a TV. I was like, oh fuck. And I like kind of, I became addicted to reading it. And, yeah, and the thing yeah. that I remember most that was the most depressing was like the time between pushing the link to when it would load was like two minutes. That was worse than the reading of the comment, the waiting, the willingness to like just kill time. 
To hear bad shit about yourself. To hear bad shit, which is a narcissistic, self-loathing endeavor. Well, you're confirming your worst story about yourself, right? I'm a terrible piece of shit. That's right. So if you if you have that inclination anyway, it's like putting a nuclear weapon on that thing. And <laughs> But then I would like share it with certain people and they're like, oh, don't worry. That's one person in their basement and da, da, da. And then the New York Times did an article where they talked about the impact of message boards on writer's rooms in television shows. And they cited Will Tippin, the character I played. So I'm oh. like, I'm like, no, no, I'm right. Like, I suck. And it was just went from there, it just got worse. And after the second season, I went to JJ and I was like, you got to write me off the show. Like, I'm losing my mind. And he, he said, okay. It was dark, man. And also at that time, the show was exploding. So like, and Jennifer Garner like was shot out of a cannon. And Michael Vartan was like shot out of a cannon. And I was just sort of sitting here, you know, watching this and not even being a part of the creative process and just feeling like everything that I dreamt of as a kid of storytelling was like not going to happen. But luckily I had enough inner strength to like, I got to leave the situation. And so many of my friends are like, are you crazy? Like, this will never get this good. You're a series regular on a TV show. Like, and friends who cared about me. I remember my friend who I lived in Venice at the time and the, my friend and his wife, they're like, don't do it. Stay on. You're so lucky. You don't know. And I was like, I don't think I'll survive. And then I quit, severed my Achilles tendon like two weeks later on a basketball court. And I'm out for like six months, a year of recovery. And then I got sober like uh, six months after that. And then just like slowly started putting my life together. Wow. Oh, man. That's such a complicated story because you were right. But also, don't you think, like, if you have a theory, you will always find the data to support it. So it's oh, like... no question. Yeah, because, like, I believe you that in the New York Times they cited that. But I also believe that if I went searching for Bradley Cooper's a standout on this show, I probably would have found those articles. It would have been harder, but yeah, you could have. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't I'm dig a little deeper, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. It's it's so like human. Yeah, I've done it. I've done every version of that. Here's the other thing. If you're in this business long enough, you ride the highs and lows. And you and I have been there with each other for both of those. That's also why we're, I think, have, have such a, I mean, we're, I mean, I think it's pretty clear we're in it for life. I mean, we've been yeah, through yeah. so much together and we've had all really hard times together and periods where we didn't talk and like yeah. horrible fights. That's the relationship. Yeah. I don't know that I fully comprehend all of it, but I think what was really interesting is when we met, we were very much peers and then you went on this incredible ride after the hangover and you were gone a lot as you would be like you were on movie after movie after movie pretty much after that. And I imagine as we didn't see each other as much, I assume I chalked a lot of that up to you're busy, but then probably my fear is like, well, he doesn't need me anymore. Mm. So not true, but yeah, I understand. And then I hopped on a different path earlier than you. Like I hopped on the, I want kids path a little earlier than you. And I don't know, from my perspective, I think once you had a kid, the better part of my nature was like, there's no way I'm missing this. I've got to get reconnected to Coop. Like, I want to be a part of you having a child and us having children and us getting to talk about that experience. And I feel like that's where my renewed dedication to like, oh, I got to figure out whatever was going on. Yeah. But we had another weird moment once. You 
got offered the lead role in this movie Chris and I did, When in Rome. And right. I remember I I talked you out of it, or I was attempting to really talk you out of it, of accepting it. And I remember the conversation we had, and I said, dude, I just want to remind you, you want to be in Michael Mann movies. Like, that's where you want to go. You want to be in Michael Mann movies. This is not in route to a Michael Mann movie. This is probably a, a diversion from the route to a Michael Mann movie. And I think at that time, I think you were suspicious I was trying to fuck with you. Or that maybe mm. I was trying to, I didn't want you to have that role because I didn't want you to be the lead in the movie with my girlfriend, which I can say from this vantage point, that really wasn't ever on my mind. It was literally like, I know what you want to do. You went to fucking the actor's studio. I know what you want to do. It's not this movie. What do you think of that? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's great. That to me means yeah. it didn't mean shit to you. I don't know. I guess that's the moment I maybe filed into like, oh, I don't think he trusts me right now. I mean, if I were to think about our wayward path since we met, there's so much intensity, and yet we're both so driven, and we have such differing like ambitions artistically in life, and what we'd like to do recreationally, quite honestly. Yeah. But yet we willed to like spend as much time as we could together. And I think deeply, maybe there was just a frustration of like, wait, why aren't we like neighbors? Yeah. And like doing this together and like trying to like force it to be instead of like, well, life is taking this path right now for both of us. That's the way it is. And it'll come back. And I think that's what the benefit of age has done for us and our friendship is that like, you know, I could bring Lee over there, you know, six months ago, whenever it was, and we sit outside and, you know, it's just the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost more rewarding to me that there was uh, challenging times in the middle of it. Yeah. It's also, it's very addict-y. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 these are two addicts. So like, if, if, as you said, it started as almost love addiction and oh, I'm sure, sure you guys spent all your time together. And when you have highs like that, there are lows. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The way it goes. yeah. Yeah. I'm still an addict. <laughs> I think you are yeah, too. I, right? I don't so. know if that ever goes away. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, I mean, the thing that I've learned as I've gotten older is like, okay, you're an addict, but what's really going on? Yes, one's an addict, but what does that mean, really? What does that even mean? I agree with you. For like 10 years, that was enough. And then at some point, I was like, no, there's way more to the story than oh, that. Oh, way, way more. But in that mix, we still had, I came to see you in Thailand when you were doing Hangover 2. And Afghanistan. Jeez Louise, how about that? Yes. I think it's one of those major things where like you grew up in Philadelphia and here's my bandwidth of you. And then you go to Europe for the first time at 18. It's like, whoa, whoa, Europe. Like, I, this exists. And then it's like you fall in love. And then this. Yes. And like Afghanistan was one of those like, you're sort of forever changed. Because yeah. you have all this actual knowledge of what this thing theoretically is i mean the biggest takeaway is just how young they all are man that's yeah. the thing i kept thinking like oh my gosh like these are kids yeah. it's so true and then you think about like where my head was at at 19 like oh my god i can't imagine oh my gosh. yeah okay we got to talk really quick about so in my overall story of this interview which is i love to say about you i've told you this that if i ever looked up in the sky and an f-16 flew by and someone was like oh yeah that's bradley He's playing a pilot in his next movie. I'd be like, yeah, not shocked. I knew he could fly an F-16. So the endless skill set that gets uh, unveiled from you is so fun being your friend and someone who loves you and is excited. So when you did Star is Born, I had directed two things, small things, and then I got to watch you like endeavor upon that. 
And then... I was lucky to be a part of two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you were. One of my favorite things, Dave Keckner outside, the judo thing. And then my, <laughs> this thing with the hand. <laughs> Lights <laughs> hour, <laughs> motherfucker. Dude. <laughs> that, that thing, you know, that thing with his wrist. The best. <laughs> oh, man, those were such pure times, weren't they? We're just in a field uh, with a fucking... dragging that guy. Yes. The guy with the yeah. dog. Oh, yes. God. That was the limitless wig that we used and then refashioned to have dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for hit and run, yeah. Yeah, let me say publicly how fucking kind that was for you to be in my movie at that point when you're already a huge star. It just helped everything. It made everything happen. I just need to acknowledge that. And I've also told this story on here before. I've only had this directing a couple times in my life, but one of them was watching you. It was past the, the dragging the guy around the back, but it's when you're talking to him, it's getting kind of real. And then at the end, you tell him that those tank tops aren't cool, even ironically anymore. <laughs> I didn't yell cut because I got, I fucking was all of a sudden I was watching a movie. It's one of the only times I've been directing where I literally forgot I was directing. I just got sucked into what you wow. were doing in your close up. And I was just watching this movie that I fucking loved. And I totally forgot to yell cut. I was just like, I can't wait to see where this movie goes to. <laughs> I love <laughs> that film. so awesome. I love that. All that stuff with you and Kristen in the bed at the, under the covers. That's so great. Gosh, How about the fact that, was, that we were embroiled in an FBI scandal afterwards? I think that's hysterical. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember we kept getting like emails every six months. Like, you're going to have to talk what? to this guy. I was yes. like, what? Okay, so in a nutshell, we had a pit bull in this scene. So we had to uh, hire an animal wrangler that brings the pit bull that can do everything the pit bull needs to do. Well, this guy also had a tiger in the car. I don't know anything oh, about fucking boy. exotic <laughs> animals. I don't know what's legal and not legal. We're in a parking lot of a shitty grocery store in the Deep Valley. And before you know it, this guy's got his tiger out of the car. He asks you if you want to hold the tiger. You're polite. You go, sure, I'll hold the tiger. Now he takes a picture. That ends up in a fucking tabloid. Oh, the guy sells no. it. So we're already, like, months later, we're like, oh, that guy was kind of a dirtbag. But even better, I don't know where your call came in. I was on set of Parenthood. I'm in my trailer. Phone rings, un unknown number. Like, hey, this is Agent Mike so-and-so from the <laughs> FBI. I'm like, crazy. what? <laughs> I mean... You never think you're going to get a call from the FBI. Oh, and he's insane. like, do you know Mike Schwitchnotch? And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> you hired Mark Schnitzwatz. I don't even know the person's name. <laughs> like, basically, it, uh, implying I somehow am a part of this exotic cat fucking oh, ring. And they come to find out they've contacted you as well. Yeah. It was nuts. You're having the time of your life. You're probably at that point starring in American Hustle or something. And you're getting a call from an FBI because you were nice enough to do a week on my movie. And now you're part of a fucking exotic animal trade investigation. <laughs> but you teaching me how to do donuts with that Cadillac uh, station wagon. Oh, my gosh. That was nuts. <laughs> yeah, everyone got to just go wild on that movie. Wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would never happen <laughs> again. Anywho, stars born. You're going to have to sit through this. I apologize. Didn't know you sang. And I think first the song comes out before the movie, right? It, the song's out. It was the trailer that it was like, oh, my yes. God. Yeah, because the song was in the trailer. Yeah, that was the trailer. I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh my God. This song, the fucking, you're getting out of the car. You're walking away from her. You look back at her, and I... I was like, my groin caught on fire. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it has every fucking thing. Obsessed with the song, singing in the car with my daughters. 
Go see the movie. It's fucking astronomically great, as was proven by every fucking review and what it did commercially. And I was just like, my goodness, man, what a fucking journey from meeting at in an alley in Westwood at a premiere of a movie neither of us were in (laughs) (laughs) to making this movie. I was just so excited. I just was so Mm. fucking pumped with how awesome that turned out in every way. The way it was shot, the way it was acted, the story, the music, all of it. Just incredible, dude. I was so happy for you. It means a lot what you think of stuff to me. That means a lot. Like, I can't wait to watch the next movie you make. I am excited for it. Wait, is that happening? Yeah, I actually came to Dax's, what was it, like three months ago? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I showed you the little proof of concept. Mm, yes. Awesome. Yeah. And this is where you yeah. and I differ, and I just got to applaud you. Like, your willingness to do homework is outstanding. Because even when you, before you guys went away to film Stars Born, you had shot all this stuff. You had like two yeah. full shoot days. You had a location. You were trying cameras. Yeah. You showed me in your office the stuff you had shot. And then right. from where that started to where the movie you made ended up is astronomical. And it's your like due diligence. It's so it's impressive, dude. You're a hard worker who will do the tedious shit. We'll do the homework, and we'll just work at it, work at it, work at it. That is true. Yeah, I do. And that's what getting back to what we had said earlier. Like, where does that come from? I can procrastinate like the best of them. It's like, but certain things like this kind of work, I'll just endlessly do it until it gets better and better and better. And I just like, where does that come from? Because you're right, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I've been writing this uh, maestro, this movie, for three and a half years with Josh Singer. And I put together this like 22-minute proof of concept where I was like, is conducting, do I look like an SNL sketch or is it real? And the makeup test and Carrie Mulligan test. And like, we don't start shooting till the end of May. But yeah, I, I don't know how to do it any other way. I think that started with American Snipers. Like I actually had time to prep. And it's like, oh, if you actually, if you have time to prep, like it's a whole other deal. Like you can really get a, a hold of something in a different way. I'm glad you just brought that up because I just want to throw out there. That was the first time I saw you in something where I was like, okay, don't know the guy in this movie. Right. And and like in an awesome way. Because Silver Linings, which of course is, you're fucking brilliant and it's such a great movie. Maybe it's my favorite movie you've ever been in. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. But that's close to the best for you. I think if you not in a program, not in therapy, (laughs) Like that's potentially <laughs> you. I watched that and I was like, oh, that would be Cooper without any of the fucking help. <laughs> I always remember, I always remember my mother being at the bottom of the uh, stairs, like in the in the they had a little video village like in the house. And I come down from the thing and she's like, it's just it's like you're not acting. <laughs> <laughs> you're really close with your mom, it sounds like. She's come up a couple times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Another thing you connect on. Gloria's always in the mix. Yeah, she's nice. doing well, too. No, just turned 81 two weeks ago. Wow. Oh, baby. Yeah, great. Living in Philly, still driving around. It's amazing. Oh, I love her. I love her. Yeah. 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 I've probably spent more time with your mom than anyone else's mom. Maybe. And I just adore yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. She has the same thing my mom has. So she just thinks we are the just the God's gift to this planet. Mm. <laughs> and it's this double-edged sword for me. It's like... It's certainly why I've attempted everything, and it's also why I almost feel like I will always feel like a failure on some level. Mm. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack there, that's for sure. Okay, so Monica and I, let's talk about what's going on right now, which is Monica and I saw Nightmare Alley yesterday. (laughs) But real quick, I just got to interrupt. So 
I'm so glad you said Monica because like, I don't know how long have we been talking? Like 45, 47 minutes ago, I said, you know, and then Monica, then you were like, I told Erica I wasn't sober. And I went, holy oh, fuck. Eric. Eric. So and I, yeah. and I've been, so, so like deep in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm like, just let this go. Let this go. That you're so, so rude. You- <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Oh my did you God. Talk about I called it? Monica Erica or did you think no, you... No, that I, that I was... have been wrong about her oh. name for the last four years. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then I just said it on set of your work. Okay. Something magical and then I start, happened. And then I start going, oh, wow, you're not even talking to her, but I'm so scared to say Monica. So I'm like, well, I just can't talk to her the rest of the thing because I can't say, oh, no. Monica, what do you think? This is I'm like, this, I can't no. say Monica. So I'll take the hit for not having talked to her than to actually be disrespectful <laughs> that I'm saying the wrong name. Wow. Coop. Yeah. And we just, literally, we just like got to the core of who you are. It just <laughs> happened. <laughs> that is textbook Cooper. It's like some little thing happened. And now a good 60% of his brain is like working through every machination of this. How can I, that's gotta be your name. I have her text. I have her name on a text. Then I'm like, how can I like search through the text? Cause I'm zooming on my phone. So I can't do that. They'll see. Oh no. Oh my God. Half of this, this whole interview has been you in your head about my name. Yeah. I said Eric a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Long, dude, long, long time ago. No, I did let it go though. I was like, I can't ask her opinion about something. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh, wow. oh fuck! Oh, oh that's thank great. you. I feel so much. Isn't that great? <laughs> that is the best. The ride you've been on in your subconscious for the last twenty minutes. Well, I blew that. I fucked that whole thing up. <laughs> I was hoping I didn't get canceled in this interview, and then in the meantime, I went and fucking disrespected Erica. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. Erica. <laughs> I disrespected Erica. Erica's gonna hate my guts now. Erica. Who the Erica fuck is Pamman. Monica? Where, where did I think of Monica from? I gotta bring this up in therapy. Who is Monica? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Stay tuned for more armchair expert if you dare. Okay, Monica and I, a.k.a. Erica Padman and I, went and saw Nightmare Alley <laughs> yesterday. The number one movie Nightmare Alley reminds me of is There Will Be Blood. Like, there's some calling, obviously. There's some beacon on Daniel Day-Lewis that is, like, just calls you. He's kind of a North Star for you. And I just think it's kind of really cool. I don't know if you've thought about it or you give a shit, but I think it's really cool that this movie Nightmare Alley, to me is very much there will be blood. Well, I mean, look, Daniel Day-Lewis for me, when in 1998, when I first got to New York for grad school, I was in the French Roast, and who walks in but Daniel fucking Day-Lewis and his wife, which I didn't know at the time, Rebecca Miller, and they sat, I just watched him. I, I, like, I was in shock. I, I was like, how, this is what New York City's like. There's Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> drinking coffee. And then I, I mean, this is, this is slightly creepy. I, I would sit in that chair for years. Like I was in grad school for three years and I would order a cafe lay French roast had these big cups. And I remember how he ate, he drank it with his, both of his hands. And he was oh, like this wow. when he was like talking and I would just sit there and like kind of pretend I was him. 
Yeah. For, for yeah. like maybe 70 times. Yeah. And I remember seeing like Gangs of New York, his performance in Gangs of New York, whenever that came out. I don't know. I just couldn't like, it just sort of like changed my chemistry. There is a tension to the movie. Part of it is parallel to Daniel Plainview, which is like, is this guy good or bad? Like, you right. don't know. That's right. That's right. And, and that's such a fun zone to be living in, especially for children of trauma where like your job is to identify who's a threat that's right i think for a lot of people it'll it'll like engage all those spidey senses in a really stimulating way is he good or is he bad and what a distinction he didn't know he didn't know i don't think he knows anything until that last scene nothing kate blanchett character says she says what do i want he says what everybody wants to be found out Uh uh-huh it was brutal bro I'm not gonna lie, that was a hard movie. Well, it's interesting because we can be the least fun people in the world to watch a movie with, like Monica, Chris, and I. Anyone who's been in show business, if you're watching a movie, you just can't help but recognize, like, my God, dude, you were under a rain machine a lot. Like, that was one of my thoughts. It's like, oh my God, he was under a rain machine so fucking much. Everyone was under a rain machine. And it must have been so cold. We were freezing in the theater. <laughs> Wear a sweater when you see this movie, because even if the room is not cold, you will get cold, which I, I love about it. Like, you're either in the rain or it's snowy out. It's fucking cold. It's this weird mix of, it's a fairy tale. The whole mm. thing is a huge fairy tale. I just got to say, Guillermo, man, do you think you've been in a movie that looked prettier than this ever? No, no. It's unreal. It's so I can't no, believe no, absolutely not. what it yeah. looks Dan like. Dan Lauston, the cinematographer, and Guillermo, and the camera, the camera crew, everybody, the costume designer, every, everything is just on a on another level. I mean, and it all comes from his vision, man. Every circle, half of the stuff in Lilith's office, he bought on eBay. It's incredible. His daughter made all those tapes, all the tapes that she has of all her patients. His yeah. daughter wrote every single one of those. Oh my wow. God. You can look at any part of the composition. There's going to be something to story there, which is thrilling for me to be a part of that. Well, but it's it's so meticulous. Like my first fear would be like, fuck, this guy has it all mapped out, which means he probably has me mapped out. And I would be afraid I'm not going to be able to give him that thing. I didn't feel that only because we had met early. We postponed the movie because I was living in New York and my daughter's school and all this stuff. So we had time to prep and work on the script together and talk about what is the movie? What is the story you want to tell? And how can I, Bradley, help you tell it? And what do I think that my strength could be for you? And also, what do I want to explore myself uh, as as an actor? But the truth is, man, like this movie told us what it wanted to be. And also because we had that break because of the pandemic for six months. And that wound up being beneficial in so many ways because we shot the second half of the movie first, pretty much. Oh, really? And then the first half of the movie we shot later. And so we were able to rework it and things that we needed and what we learned from shooting that second part first. And I was able to like lose 15 pounds but you don't even really know, but hopefully you feel like he's just much thinner and like more like from the earth in that beginning. And then when you find him in the Copa, he's like a little Chris Kiley. You know what I mean? Like yes. he's pretty big. He was very collaborative. We'll be friends for life because we went through like a 10-year relationship in three years. Yeah. Like fully. Like all the ups and downs. It was It was incredible. And I have tremendous respect for him. It was a movie that asks questions rather than gives answers. That's the one thing I think that this movie does, is just asking questions. 
Oh yeah, like um, Monica and I had left there, like engaged talking in talking about it, talk in in debate, really quick, so people know. Like, we don't know where you've come from. You've left some house that's on fire, and you kind of stumble into a carnival, and then you find your way in this carnival. You start figuring out things you can do there, and and he doesn't talk for like the first uh, fifteen minutes. Doesn't open his mouth. Monica said, I said, is he a mute? Are we not going to hear anything from yeah. Bradley this whole movie? Yeah, what did I say? I was, he said, no, you pay for, <laughs> you pay you pay to hear him talk. <laughs> yeah, I said, he's got to talk. You, you come to hear Bradley talk. There's no way we're getting out of this without talking. It's, it's a fucking, in, another incredible performance where I have forgotten that I've known you for 16 years while I'm watching it. I don't know who this guy is. I'm projecting, and I'm not projecting Bradley stuff. I'm projecting my own stuff. Right. And my friend saw it a couple of weeks ago, and she said such a, an interesting thing. She's like, I'm watching it, and I have this anxiety as the movie goes on because I realize, like, oh, he's like two steps away from losing everything. Like, he's literally two moves away. And she said, and I can relate to that. And I thought, I don't know. I just thought that's really interesting. It's true because he's just like a couple of moves, and it's all gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I live with that thought. I like my life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, in today's world, it's like a couple of moves and it's over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a joke that's not very popular today on set, which is like if I ever wanted to just be done and retire, just go grab the director's dick and go, good night, everybody. I'm out. <laughs> it was nice. I don't have to come up with any reason why I left show business. I just grab that dick for a minute and then go, peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even send me a call sheet for the next day <laughs> oh this is gonna happen on set I got it <laughs> yeah this is my exit and he's got those strong hands Dax so you know he's gonna grab the <laughs> shit out of that guy gonna, he'll have a story to tell for sure <laughs> but I do want to go back you got to work with Willem Dafoe I know this is crazy I mean his first day was the day when Clem is telling him what it is to how do you get a geek how do you get a yeah, guy to Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his first day. And I just got to sit and watch this guy. It was one of the best days ever, just watching this guy and just trying to stay in it. Because <laughs> I just am like watching, just watching this guy I've idolized for years just is the real deal and crushing it and watching how he works. And, and then just come to like love him as a person. And, you know, every day he would come on set, I was just so happy. yeah. And that was the other thing. Being in every, just about every scene of the movie is like all of a sudden Rooney Mara comes in and then Tony Collette, who's an incredible oh, actor. Uh, I mean, uh. Tony Collette is just like ridiculous. And Kate Blanche. I mean, everybody would just, and David Strathairn, bro. I mean, it was a joke. Oh, man. I mean, Richard Jenkins, dude. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Well, that's the thing I wanted to geek out between you and I, like if we were at my kitchen table, like comprehending that Kate Blanchett, like you get to work. Yeah, and it's, like, it's, it's nuts. Kate Blanchett's yeah, it, here playing a supporting role in this it, movie? Like nuts. this is, this doesn't seem possible. It's crazy. So happy I think for it's you. great that you still, you're still enamored by that though. Cause you've been in scenes with everyone. So that the fact that you're still like, oh my God, I, we get to do it with this person and this person. That's cool. Oh, I feel it like enormously. Yeah. I don't think that'll ever go away. Well, what's very lovely and endearing about you is that you're a legit fanboy for acting. Oh, yeah. And movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're also a master in it, and yet you're just a fucking fanboy, and it never escapes you. Ever. Which is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, I think that's why, like, the endless amount of coal in the fire to work at it. 
You know, yeah. if you love what you do, then it's like in the editing room, you'd look at the clock and 16 hours went by. Anything you love, time changes. Happens here all the time. Totally agree. Oh, here's a weird question I'd probably never ask you in real life, but I'm going to ask you on the show. And this isn't number one, so you're not declaring number one, but I want to hear three actors immediately you think of that you've worked with now, because there's been so many incredible ones where you were like, oh, that was pretty transcendent, or that was that was a ride. I mean, definitely Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. I've only had this a couple times in my life where I feel like someone sucked me into their, their bubble. Oh, that's right. And then I just was unaware of everything that happened after that. I mean, at first it was overcoming who he is, right? Having to work at that. But then he's so real and talking to you that he doesn't allow you to even work on letting go to the fact that he's Robert De Niro because he's talking and you got to answer him. You know right, I mean? right. It's right. almost like, it's like a sport, right? Like true acting is like you're on a playing field and like you can't think because you're reacting because the person's like, hey man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did this movie Limitless, right? Of course. And that was amazing. It was incredible. But then like to do Silver Linings Playbook right after my dad died and calling him dad and, and him being such a huge part of our family growing up as Italian-Americans in Philadelphia. And, and then for him to be such a dear friend today. Here's the other thing is like, and as you know, no matter who you are, you can suck on any given day. Period. Oh, sure. It's yeah. like you start at zero. That's the beautiful thing about our profession. It's like no matter what, maybe you have 30 seconds of audience like approval, just goodwill. But yeah. after 30 seconds, if you suck, like you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it's like, it's just like, okay, well, yeah, you were great in that other thing, but this is horrible and I'm out. That's awesome. That's just sort of like equalizing factor. The biggest lesson was watching Vince Vaughn on Wedding Crashers and watching his willingness to fail. I was blown away. Just his willingness to go. I'd never seen anybody go for it like that ever before. Like risk failing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? This is the place to do it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Bob, for sure. Christian Bale, man, and the American Hustle. I remember oh. like before I was so excited and terrified to work with him, not really knowing like what it would be like. And he was so loose and present. And I was just like, holy shit. That was one of the best experiences of acting with him. That was one of those moments where I was like outside of myself watching the movie, you know, like you were saying, <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this movie's, yeah. this movie's fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can't look at this movie I'm in. It's almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're on the court while Jordan's like hitting some yes, crazy yes, shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait, yeah. I'm on this team? <laughs> I'm actually playing shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Rooney Mara, man, her level of believability is nuts. Like she would, yeah. like, I, I'd be in scenes with her and just like, whoa, she's incredible. You're Incredible. getting me excited about acting all of a sudden. Like, I'm getting excited. Well, you're a great actor, man. You might have to get your crow removed. Oh, God. That was your declaration. I know. I declared I'm done acting with this crow tattoo. Can you see that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. When did you get that? This morning. Come on. No, I got it a week ago, though. I got it a week ago Saturday. Oh, it's beautiful, man. <laughs> I like it. I like where you put it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I remember yeah. when you got the cherry blossoms. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You were there for that. Yeah. This has a cherry in its beak. Yeah. I want to say something that nobody knows about you. You are an incredible designer. There you go. He'll that love this. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. This is worth saying. This is worth this saying. This is worth saying because people <laughs> wouldn't know this. Yeah. But your apartment in Paris was so gorgeous. I could not get over it. And then Dax was like, yeah, he did it himself. 
there's this wonderful woman, Santienne, in Paris, who uh, uh, is a designer who I worked with in Paris, who, who really helped me out with a lot of that stuff. But I do love to do it, yeah. Well, your New York so apartment is equally gorgeous, probably better. And you were really, you did that. You have an aesthetic, my man. I do love that a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. I spent a lot of time thinking about stuff like that. Yeah. Like space and like environment and like where things go. That's for sure. It's a great escape. You know what I love about visiting you is you're a guy who the fireplace is always going. That's right, dude. It is. Yeah. It was going at like 6 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And in your apartment in New York, the fact that you can do, I did that while I was there. I had like three different fires. I felt like in your honor, like you'd be mad if I wasn't having a fire here. And it's so fucking pleasant. It was raining. The windows were open. We had a fire. Oh, I've had this realization. I'm the same. I love design and space. And at one point I was like looking around and figuring out what to put here and what to do this. And then I realized like, oh, it's because I don't feel in control right now. And my brain goes to, this is a space I can control. I think there is definitely an aspect of that. I mean, I, I put myself to sleep by, like, thinking about how to organize space. Yeah, like, often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think there is a lot of truth in that. And then the flip side is environment. Not, just knowing that, like, one's environment, just for me, dictates my emotional state in a huge way. And, like, just creating an environment that you can dwell in that feels safe and warm has just endless dividends. Yeah, I agree. I want you to tell one funny story, if you will, and then we're going to let you go. This has been fucking awesome. Will you please tell the story when you invited your cousin out to L.A. and you, you took him to a premiere? <laughs> so, so we're at Westwood. <laughs> My cousin Colin. Who came to Afghanistan with us. I love him. What a fucking good guy. Yeah, Colin Campan, a wonderful guy. My older cousin grew up with. I was very excited. Like, there's this premiere. I, don't, I think I'd been to the Shaft premiere in New York years ago, but I never even get, I mean, somehow got into like the nosebleeds up there. But I hadn't been to many premieres. And it was the Babel premiere in Westwood. And I was like, bro, it's in Iratu and Brad Pitt's in it and Kate Blanchett. And that's, uh, you know, he did uh, Maurice Perros. It's going to be awesome. It's a premiere. Da, da. He's like, yeah. So we go there, we get out of the car like the red carpet, never been on a red carpet before. And I would get out of the car and there's like, and I never seen at that point, like there must've been 600 people. They set bleachers up for people who don't know. Like they'll set bleachers up. It literally looks like it, like the Mummer's Day Parade is the only thing we connected to in Philadelphia. It's like, what the fuck is going on, right? And you feel that excitement, right? And there's like cameras and like, there's a line of like cameras of people asking, you could see that. And I was like, holy shit. And like, I'm buzzing. I get out of the car. My, my cousin's right next to me. And, and then I hear that they're like, Brad, Brad. And like this, like, like this core, this like wave of like, Brad. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Fucking alias, man. I turn and I like, oh, so wedding crashes. So I guess I didn't know. Man, wedding crashes really made a stamp. And I turn and I like, raise my hand, literally raise my hand, full up, totally proud. And as I'm doing that, I realize Brad Pitt's behind me. <laughs> And like this Monica Erica situation, in those seven seconds, when I turned and raised my hand, I thought, Brad, why are they saying Bradley? Well, let that go. <laughs> oh, my God, I already have a nickname. 
So I turn around, I see Brad Pitt, I low, I have to lower my hand, which is like a good five feet, I have to lower my hand. And my cousin is on the floor of the red carpet, looking the color red, like the red, laughing so hard, like his hat falling off on the, on the carpet. And then the fetal position, he couldn't stop laughing. And then I start, we were laughing so hard for like literally about 10 minutes. They had to like escort us off the red carpet. Oh man. I think I told that story the other day on the on this show. You told it in the Matt Damon episode. Oh, in the Matt Damon episode. Oh, really? What a great guy. How about but how about Matt Damon, dude? Look, we talk about the most unsung actor, I think. He is the fucking greatest actor. Did you see Last Duel? I just saw Last Duel. This motherfucker, dude, is so great. It's and everything. Have you ever seen The Informant? That's my favorite performance of his. No. No, you I didn't see that. Must see the informant. Yeah. Um, oh my! God. I brought it up while he was on here, and he had said that um, Soderbergh thinks that's his best movie. I would agree. Soderbergh thinks that's his best directorial. Film? He said it's the only movie that he wouldn't want to change anything after the fact. Wow. Like he's at total wow. peace with that movie. And if you haven't seen it, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. But you're right. He. I'm sure he has an ego. Everyone's got an ego. But seemingly the most egoless movie star of all time, as far as what he picks, he picks to play bland a lot or quiet or dorky. And he's such a kick-ass dude. I mean, he's a fucking stud. Uh, and think about play- the diversity of stuff, the versatility. It's crazy, man. Can you see? I don't think you can see that oh, high no. up. Well, let me I tilt can't see the it, camera. No. Well, hold on, let me it's tilt. It's really important. It is pretty this. important. Can you see it Oh now? my gosh, yeah. come on. He kissed her wow. head, Coop. He kissed her head. He's the love of my life. He's so. the love of her life. And he oh, her I had head. no idea. So I just I just sort of non-connected said that whole like diatribe about Matt Damon. And yep. lo and behold, there's him behind you There guys. he is. That's her number one in a way that I don't even know you I figured that bicep I... was yours. That's hilarious. <laughs> so that's Matt Damon. Oh no. Oh no, he came in with guns blazing. Guns blazing. The kind you and I like. So did he come in recently? Yeah, maybe like five months Couple, ago or something. Months four, ago. Four so, months you, ago. so did you see The Last Duel? He's incredible on in it. I haven't seen yeah, it yet. I'm dying it. to watch yeah, it because he and yeah. Ben wrote it together, right? Yeah, yeah. And Adam Driver, man. He's the real deal. He's a phenomenal actor. He's a phenomenal He's a great actor. Oh, man. But I did a movie with him. We're both from Michigan. He was in the military. I'm like, oh, th- this guy and I are going to get along great. Just, yeah. But you know what? Getting back to Monica, you were talking about like, do I find myself in those situations the way Dax is? Here, here's what I, and you tell me, I, and you know this is the truth, I think. Like the reason also why he and I got along so well is I went right into the beta position of our mm. friendship early on. I just, I, I was comfortable there. I loved it. And I think that Adam, my instinct is that Adam Driver is like, I am not going to beta to this motherfucker. And you can't <laughs> alpha to Dax. I'm just really Grateful that you said it like that, so straightforward, because that is my thought too. That most people beta Dax, and and yeah, and I don't, and sometimes that gets us into some trouble, and right. it gets me feeling very like no one else will step up. Look, that's probably what was confusing about the period where you were and are so alpha to me professionally, right. In art, everything's always been clear to me. 
that's always been the like in terms of my life is like there's like in art things are like if you don't like me I don't know what to tell you like I know what I think it's like you know it's so clear yeah and yeah. then but in personal relationships and intimacy and that's a, I'm like I'm at sea or was at sea with male relationships and then that changed a long time ago but when we first met I would idealize men oh for sure and look for father figures and mythologize men and then they disappoint me because all I've done is projected onto you who I want you to be oh my god as you're talking I've just figured it out I think not consciously but I think subconsciously I was aware of that and then I think when you became an enormous movie star, I thought I didn't have a role for you in your life. Mm. Oh, fuck. Oh, dude. I think that's probably oh. it. <laughs> you guys are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty heavy, man. That's got to be it. I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah, what I... There's much better men to idolize <laughs> than me, and now you have access to all of them. I guess uh, my role is ended. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh god that's so humiliating to recognize no it's beautiful <laughs> it's the same thing that's the through line if you think you're not enough you'll find ways to you'll well find if evidence. i if, if my story is i don't have a role anymore and i'm not a value to him anymore then all i'll do is find proof of that exactly yeah, yeah. so like oh i guess leo's cooper's knew me who like if he's on the scene what the fuck am i offering i mean i worship leo too. <laughs> like what am i gonna what am i gonna do mm. i don't have a lane and i just want to yeah i want to have a role i love you look how fucking cute you are it's insane <laughs> wow well how about this though if that was the role and then you outgrew that as you should then what is my role i'm gonna focus on that it's just a confidant. We have each other. We trust each other. We're lucky that we have uh, enough similar experiences to relate to each other in ways that we feel free enough to share without judgment. And um, we trust each other's heart and soul enough to be willing to walk down life together. And that's a blessing. Yeah. That's what we are for each other today. I've said it 10 times on here, but I just want to say it in front of you. You know, people know about the episode day seven, and it's just, it's solely because of you. You're the sole reason I decided to be honest. Mm. And so I thank you for that. And I also thank you for being the person I listen to. So in this weird alpha, beta, whatever thing was established 16 years ago, I definitely seek your counsel and I trust you and I believe you. And I need you. And I'll need you again, is my guess. <laughs> and I hope you'll need me. And I hope I can be there. Yes. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> well, gang, the movie is called Nightmare Alley. It's fucking awesome. I got to say, I've thought about it all day long. Did you think about it? Yeah. 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 It's like it's stuck with me. I'm so glad. Like the stuff that makes it maybe like off-putting at the initial drop, like you're going to be cold, there's a dark story, <laughs> like life, and then you earned it. Like you earned this experience. I went on that ride. It was gut-wrenching. I hated seeing you choose wrong. I was there. I was cold. I was miserable. And like all day long, I've been thinking about the movie since I woke up. It's also, it's so beautiful. It's Every so beautiful. single shot. We were saying we wish there were NFTs so we could own... <laughs> we could own images of 
the movie. It's so beautiful. One in particular of Coop. Remember, I said that you should get that NFT. It was like a backlit, yeah. kind of gorgeous sunsetty sitch. And I was, was like, incredible. oh, that still is incredible. All right. Well, I love you. This has been so fun. I'm so glad that we finally did this. I want to do it in person next yeah, time so we back. can like grab each other yeah. and maybe wrestle a little bit. And <laughs> <laughs> Thank love you. you guys. What's my name? Monica. Monica you Erica Pad. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Good morning. Good morning. It's morning time. Morning time. Oh, that's fun. What? To get out of bed and then within 10 minutes be here. (laughs) (laughs) You slept in your motorhome. I slept in the motorhome in the driveway. I'm going to tell you that when you sent the text, you said, hey... Is everyone here just coming to in the moho? I got scared. Oh, you did? Yeah, scare me. Oh, Phil Druggy? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Like the Soho Hotel. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, here's what happened. Because it was the holidays, the girls get to sleep with Kristen. Sure. So then I was like, I could sleep in the bedroom next to it. It's got a Uller. That's nice. I like to stay cool. You love that. No TV in there. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So then it was like, well, I guess then maybe go downstairs to that bedroom. It's got a TV. Sure. And then I was like, if I'm going downstairs, like, man, did I sleep good in the motorhome <laughs> in the dunes? It's just such a cave. <laughs> Not only are you in the motorhome, but then you can slide the door shut yeah. for the bedroom. So then you're in a box. That's fun. You're in a coffin. Yeah. Now, something I, I underestimated was I was able to sleep to like nine in the dunes in the moho. Uh-huh. And so underestimated the traffic noise I heard this morning. So I got was up at 7. I was like, oh, this didn't huh. pan out because I can hear traffic noise. Okay. But then I found my way back to sleep. Wow. And then I woke up and it was virtually 10. <laughs> well, what's really funny is that I guess that goes to show how accustomed you are to the dunes because the dunes are so fucking loud. <laughs> They're so loud. The fact that the traffic here made you wake up, but the dune noise did not make you wake up. Yeah, interesting. There's a curious situation. It's like the baby's womb, you know, that whole thing. Like that's why I like the moho? The noises and stuff is kind of like the womb. Like it puts you to sleep. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the real the real trick with the moho is when I'm in the dunes, I have no worries. Like I don't mm. have to get up or I have to get up to ride. Right. You know, I got to get up to have breakfast. Yeah. So something about having nothing uh, important the next day allows me to sleep just very deeply. I told you, I went one night without even going pee-pee in the middle of the night out in the dance. That's never happened to you. It's been over a year since I got through a night without going wee-wee like an old-timer. I didn't go wee-wee last night. And I You never go wee-wee. No, I do. In the middle of the night? Yeah. You just as frequently awake up to go duty. Uh, well, that happens only sometimes. <laughs> right? That's rare. That's okay, rare, but, but it like, does happen. But isn't waking up to pee-pee in the middle of the night also rare for you? Ish. I mean, it depends. I think my body just gets accustomed. Like, if I, if I do it one night, then the next night it wants to do it again and then again. Yeah. Like, last night. You're I, habitual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I woke up and I was like, 
I, I have to pee, but I really don't want to get up. Sure. So I just held it. Right. Went good. back to sleep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anyways, it's a mental trick, the motorhome. So I, okay. I wanted to see if I slept in it in my driveway. I'd have the same mental trick where it's like, I got no worries other than this little box I'm in. Yeah. Spiraled pretty quick in my head within like two minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, oh, God, where'd it go? That's not, that seems red flaggy. Okay. Should I tell Kristen? Uh-huh. We have drug tests. We should probably just do it. Why not just do one? Yeah, give it to me. Um. Yeah, that's all the thought. Those are all the thoughts. Yeah, I'll take it. Let's go. I don't have one. Oh. <laughs> Cup of pee behind you. That's I true. could repee in that one. Yeah. See if the pour uh, that syrup Aww. out. <laughs> Speaking of God, we haven't talked about the pee baby in a long time. I know someone. I sent it to you. Someone commented on a David Ferrier episode of Armchair and Dangerous that they wanted the three of us to make a pee baby together. <laughs> oh, yeah, which is yeah, such, yeah. That was such a nice compliment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope David took it as such. I just feel like a bad parent. Neglectful. What is the state of that toilet over I there? Has it been don't ripped? Know. Has it been ripped out yet? No, it's still there. Oh my god! With that pee baby's going on three years old. The pee baby's gonna be old by <laughs> I the know. time I, I tease, move in there. I got to teach that pee baby to ride a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really should because it can't be me. No, no I'm not no, gonna no, no, be no. teaching. Although a pee baby can't really get hurt because of its form, because it's liquid. So like hit a bush and giggle because the bush would pass through it. <laughs> And then it would reassemble on the other side. <laughs> so, okay. BTS, behind the scenes, behind, BTC, behind the curtain. Oh, BTC. Oh, BTC, ding, ding, ding. Bradley, Terrence Cooper. Oh, this is Coopies? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Terrence Tradry Cooper. We recorded with Bradley yesterday. This was a very tight turnaround. Very quick turning. So... I only have facts from my brain. Oh. You know what I mean? Like oh. things I could remember that we needed to look up. And really the only one was I wanted to pull up the video of the Today Show when they announced his sexiest oh, man alive. Oh, that's a great idea because there's no way. He's he remembering that. I mean, Correct. I mean, look, I don't want to take away His feelings. Him. Yeah. I don't We're not saying he didn't feel that way. Or yeah. that wasn't his interpretation of it. Exactly. But I bet I would see it differently. And then the irony that the guest we had on immediately after Bradley yesterday had a story about Bradley <laughs> being the sexiest man alive. Yeah. And he did not think it was funny. He thought it was very real and very appropriate. He was not, he was not saying it shouldn't have been him. It no. should be Ryan Gosling. He was like, yeah, it should be him. And I'm scared. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what a sweetie. What a specimen. What a pie. Pie. A sweetie pie. <laughs> what an S pie. <laughs> that was the only downside of the motorhome, by the way, was um, not to keep bringing it back to the bus, but <laughs> I had these really high expectations of all the TV I was going to watch because yeah. I was going to be by myself. Yeah. And I'm watching a couple of shows by myself. Succession. Yeah. As you know. Yep. I'm behind. Yeah. Season two of The Great, which I'm like, can't wait to start. Yeah. And I could not pull down the Wi-Fi signal out in the moho that I needed. I don't know if something's going on with my Wi-Fi in the house, but whatever it was, I got out there with this whole plan. I set up, got the TV yes. going, hooked it up to, you know, couldn't do it. So and the I, whole point of you, know, you doing that. Was to lay in bed and watch telly. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, Netflix would work. Okay. 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 
Yeah, Hulu was not working for me. Oh, no. Yeah, no, nor was HBO Go. No, HBO Go, or I keep calling it that. Max. Yeah, HBO Max, uh, Callie's husband. <laughs> HBO Max. Well, let me get into the, the thing, but when I selected something, it just would never load. I just, I just didn't have the power. Bummer. Yeah, I don't know why I told you that. But anyways, well, one update. You tell me stuff. I know. I tell you virtually everything. I ho- I wish I wish you told me everything, everything. Well, like what? What am I missing? I don't know. Okay. Some stuff, I'm sure. Okay, so you should tell me more stuff. And- uh, okay, okay. So more like historical stuff. You think there's more stories I haven't yeah. said? I like knowing everything. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's part of like wanting control? Yeah. Like you'll feel safer if you have all the details? Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll feel closer. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is safer. Yeah, yeah. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's all the same. Great jumpsuit today. It's a thank you tie dye, but it's cl- it's not it's not sharp tie dye. It's cloudy tie dye. It is. It's from this brand called Upstate that I love. That is a a female. It's like a one woman show over there. Really? Yes. And, oh man. And I have a couple others of of hers um, that are thicker, but now they have this new lightweight line, and uh. I like it. I want to see if you'll like this joke. Okay, let's try it. I don't know if you will, but I got sent, fuck, I wish I remembered the name of it because it smells insane. Someone sent me a bag of coffee. Oh. And it smells like there's chocolate in there Ooh. and all, I mean, it smell, you got to smell this package. Okay. And then on the bottom it says 100% women owned. Awesome. Yeah. And then I said, and I showed Kristen, and I said, there's a hint of pussy in every cup. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my god! You know, when I make those jokes, I'm expecting the worst, and sometimes when they work, I'm like really delighted. I mean, <laughs> she liked it, I'm which sure, I was relieved. I'm sure she did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> pussy in every cup. <laughs> that was the like. That was the tag. The commercial. Line. It was like just like a Folgers one. Like they, someone woke up and they were fucking cold this morning, and then they got their coffee, and then he just here's what it's like. So I'm drinking coffee. Go. Mm. Into pussy in every cup. <laughs> <laughs> god. Oh god! And it's like a really wholesome grandpa. It's sure, like you sure, trust sure, it. Sure. There's nothing even sexual about it. It's just an observation, and it's positive. Oh well, yeah, that's funny. Mm, you can really taste that hint, can't you, son? He's like talk. His son's oh. visiting for the holidays. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, the son's 45. Okay. So again, everything's. And uh, the granddad's like, "It's great to have you home, son." Yeah. You can really taste that pussy, can't you? Oh, God. Yeah, okay. that went too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was bound to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I was trying to think of a way to You have to cross the line to know. Let me see if I can come oh, up with something okay. with that. That is kind of heartwarming. Okay. And then it could make the air. Okay, so it's a father and son. Oh, that's yeah. making the air. Okay, right. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Mm. Taste that hand of pussy. Tastes delicious. Son, it's great to have you home for the holidays. Yeah. What do you think of that? It's good. It's like a throwaway. Yeah, it's I really tried like, to throw it. Okay. Last time? Throw it again. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mmm. <laughs> Boy, you can taste that hint of pussy. Son, it's great to have you home for the holidays. Your mother and I have missed you so. It's great to be sitting here drinking a warm cup of delicious coffee with you. Okay, Dax. Thanks, Dad. It's, Cut. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, what happened? Um, 
That was great. Uh-huh. That was a good ad lib. But um, you you forgot the tagline. The tagline is the most important part. What is what is it? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Wait. What what is it? It's because you're um, dealing with an older actor. Sure, this sure. Is old Dex. Um, it's, what's the line? A lot. A hint of pussy. Well, at one taste. point I said I can taste the pussy, but well, maybe that, that went was, too far. That went too far. But there's a hint, hint of pussy in every cup. Yeah, just like um, what do they say with like notes? Pussy notes. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a wine has um, oh, 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 cherry oh. notes or something. <laughs> notes what? of pussy, you'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd say like mm. notes of cherry. The tasting notes. Yeah. Mm. It's a good flavor profile. That's great. Okay. okay, great, great. We got it. All right, now I just one last one. Oh, I one, promise this will be the okay. So this is the grandpa and the grandma. And okay. they've retired and they're sitting on the porch of their cabin in the swing. in the West Virginia mountains. They're on a swing. Great. Even better. They're on a swing overlooking their little valley. And he says, mm, good coffee, huh, Ma? Yes. I didn't think I'd like the hint of pussy, but it's delicious. Oh, that's nice. I, I like the idea of including <laughs> including a female Mrs. voice. Yeah, especially yeah. for a female on coffee. Yeah, I was thinking that actually as a critique. Like, there's too many men in this. I know, and I was probably being way too generic with the notion that men would want that hint. But that's too limiting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm. um, <laughs> I guess that was, that was fun. a ding, ding, ding. Because acting, directing. Son, fetch me another cup of this delicious coffee. Can't stay away from those subtle hits and flavor profiles. Mmm. Delish. And wholesome. And hearty. Strong. Are you going to say it? Mmm. Really taste that pussy. Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay. Per usual. (laughs) We have uh, spent 17 minutes on a bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. It's all right. I, <laughs> I can go into acceptance mode. <laughs> uh, yeah. You were stabbing your that teeth with that. That was too many. Yeah, yeah, was it because you were getting hard. nervous with this yeah, commercial? Yeah, I was getting anxiety <laughs> and I bit off my tongue. Yeah, I looked over there and you were basically stabbing the front of your teeth and I heard wood shards breaking. <laughs> I wonder how many I could go through in a day of these oh, toothpicks. Can we do one with you now? Sure. Those toothpicks have just a hint of dick. Instead of cinnamon flavor. I, you know. <laughs> Let's try it. I don't know. Let's flip the script. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't Here, think I'll that's, do. okay, right. God. Hmm. Oh, yeah. There's a hint of dick in there. Not bad. Mm, it's not as good. It's not. Hint of dick. Everything has a hint of dick. That's why it's not exciting. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's true. It's not novel. It's not novel or proprietary. It's not proprietary. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, let's okay, move okay. On. What's the next All right, order well, of business? The, per- the point is that I, I tried to find that video, but I can't find it. I think it's Anne Curry. Because it probably doesn't exist. Correct. So <laughs> I looked at – so he was – Sexiest Man Alive in 2011. So then I looked at today's show. Oh, around the date that they announce it? Yeah. And so Meredith Vieira was there through June 2011. You really did your homework here. <laughs> I know. This, isn't, this is one of the deepest dives I've seen in some time. <laughs> and then Ann Curry okay. was there June 2011 to June 2012. It's really weird, though, when you're – like, he was telling the story. I wonder if you had this thought. He's like – he has a story that you already know that the punchline is, is they were shocked that he had been named 
But as soon as he starts saying it's Matt Lauer sitting there, it's like my, now my mind is completely distracted. It's by Matt Lauer. Yes. I, by, same. Same. Yeah. And then also going like in some weird way, because I, I, I want to be against this, is like, well, it's not really relevant whatever he said. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like yeah. he doesn't want to give it up to another sex. And he's got a whole racket going on. Like that, 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 It's so complicated to hear his opinion on anything. Now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know. I did took a little detour in my head. That's right. Like Matt Lauer, so much has changed. Yeah, he might have, he should have just maybe even said the male host and then <laughs> the female host said, what? Yeah. Although- Whoever this female host is, I bet. It's Ann Curry, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, okay. Well, I think, based on my research. Okay, I'm sure Ann Curry is super attracted to Cooper. I could almost well, we count don't on know. it. Well, I will say this. This would have made him uncomfortable, but you know this about him. I've told you this about him. I'm friends with a lot of famous people and really good looking, some really good looking ones. Ashton Kutcher, so good looking. Yes. A bunch of good looking ones. And my friends know that I am friends with these certain people. I've never had people just solicit an evening with one of my friends like Cooper. I've never witnessed it. Where friends I've had over the years will just be like, hey, you let him know if he ever needs a safe port in a storm, give him my number. For their vulva? For sexual activity. Okay. They don't they didn't do that like with other friends I've had that are gorgeous. He has a magnetism that I don't think he understands. But he has to know. Well, I bet he tells himself what I tell myself, which is like he can date the girls he likes, mm -hmm. but because of this other thing, like because of his the way he talks or his charisma. But that's all that's true. I mean, he his face is beautiful, but it's like you that's exactly what you're just saying. You Ashton's face is is perfect. Flawless. Yes. Yeah. But what you're saying, this magnetism, it it isn't his face. It's this the whole, whole thing. thing. It's the um. It might be possible that Coop doesn't see it like women see it. Yeah. You know. I don't know. People are, we're all crazy. Yeah. You're frustrated because you think he's objectively great looking and you're not, which is you're telling yourself the exact same thing, and you think it's preposterous when he does it, but you don't think it's preposterous when you do but it. But I don't have evidence. Because you've never gone out otherwise. to pursue all that. No, it's like like you're saying with him, everyone's just like, give him my number or uh -huh. whatever. Like that's not happening for me. If it were. Well, everyone in my life is reaching out to me to tell me they're attracted to you, as you know. But I, the only other person I get as many texts about for love interest is you. You and Cooper. You guys are tied. Hate to tell you. But I got Macklemore the other day <laughs> hunting me down on Instagram, telling me his tour manager wants to take it. I mean, literally, I, I receive an incoming request for you weekly. You guys keep my phone busy. I think we're similar. You and Coop? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I can, yeah. What? You're both master assimilators. Uh-huh. I think he maybe has the ability to be what the other person wants uh-huh well like you said i mean he said like he's beta to you uh-huh and i'm sure that's something that's you know subconsciously he knows that's what you need that's where i disagree with you like you had this moment of deep satisfaction when he had the same opinion of say the adam driver interaction as you would have 
maybe it came off like I was thinking about. I don't know anything about the Adam Driver thing. I, right, right. But, but you had a generalized. Yeah, I I believe that your easiest relationships are people who are beta to you. But you know, you and I. Well, we've talked about this before. We, we, you and I, like the term alpha beta for you means something a little different mm. than it means to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, Will Arnett's very alpha. Yeah. And we were great friends. But I have lanes, like, I have the fist fighting lane specifically. And there's a subtext of that between men. And so for Cooper, I just think Cooper prioritized that aspect a lot that mm-hmm. I physically, that was my lane. And I'm not looking for beta. I'm just who I am. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually not trying to be alpha or doing anything. I'm just like proceeding through life the way I am. And then some people find comfort in that. Eric, Eric's like, oh my God, I love that I don't have to pick where to eat. You always know what you want to do. And so in some weird way, that's an alpha dynamic that I'm saying, let's eat here. Yeah. But a lot of it, I think, is like it's not as statusy as maybe. I don't you... think it's status. Oh, okay, I I do not think it's status. But I'm just incredibly decisive. I know exactly what I want to do all the time. I want to do it, and I have a bunch of different hobbies. And I usually am invite people to my hobbies and my explorations. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that that is a dynamic that is you could call alpha. But like Kutcher's super alpha, and he was the alpha the whole time, and still even. When I worked on Punked or I worked on The Ranch, like, he's the boss, he's number one, he's best looking, he's all these things. In that way, he's alpha, but he, too, knows it's not going to be a, a fun fist fight. So men just have this weird – the fist fight thing is 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 often is that, is present. Is in the equation? It, more than it should be, but it is. Mm. But even that's not the case because there are alphas who aren't the toughest. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just think it's really a complicated concept. It is a complicated concept. It's just my observation that, yeah, that your easiest relationships are ones in which you're the alpha. I don't think you're choosing that. I, I'm not saying you're doing anything here. I, but I, And when I approach Adam, I'm not trying to alpha him. I'm literally going, oh, my God, dude, you're oh, yeah. from fucking Coldwater. No, like, no one's from Coldwater. I happen to spend a ton of time there as a kid. These yeah. are all like, oh, my God, you know Coldwater. None of that's happening. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm not even, honestly, I'm not even talking about the relationship level of Ashen. I mean, I know you guys are close, but I mean like your, your people people. Uh-huh. But Kristen's not beta to me and you're not beta to me. So yeah, and I'm I, just a very alpha person. You're a very alpha person. Kristen's a very alpha person. Don't you think the, those relationships are not your easiest relationships? Oh, they're not easiest. No, exactly. no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you also respect people who are also alpha like i don't yeah. i don't think you're like uh like i can't have okay, that good. that's what i was fearful that no, you no, thought no. like i try to surround myself with beta people no I-, I don't think that at all i but i think that dynamic presents itself a lot because you are very strong and alpha and and people know that that's an easy that that makes the relationship nice and easy and you can have a nice little bow on top of it sure something we, me and you don't have and something I don't think you and Kristen have. Yes, 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 yes. And I would say me and her are probably the only <laughs> ones who are who are not actively like, yeah, yeah you make all the decisions, you do whatever yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, and my mom. 
Yeah. Yeah, she's a tough customer. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just all. It's yeah, it's you know. interesting. Mm. Yeah. But I was gonna say we're similar. Design. Design. Yeah. 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 Big time. Big time. <laughs> when he said that he like can put himself to sleep by like thinking i'm like god that's so me i just imagine like and i put this here and then i'll buy this <laughs> role playing this. with yes. your furniture and your d decoration yeah i don't i certainly don't do that you don't have a need from what i can tell a need for like spatial control no that's interesting because yeah. i think you you do need a lot of control but it doesn't present itself like that for you it's also like when I lived by myself at my house, I had a lot of opinions on everything. Yeah. And then when Kristen came in, I was like, this is a lane that's going to be just, we're going to battle so much unless I get out of the way. Yeah. And I largely have, and it's gone better for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, I have the occasional like, what the fuck is this thing? This is like so fashioned forward, no function. Why is this here? I'll have those occasional thoughts, yeah. but. Or even weirder, you know, my my triggers all from being 14. Yeah. Or I'll see something and I'm like, everyone has that. Like I get mm. bummed that this is oh, like. Oh, that's funny. That we're, we're in the. Conforming. In the middle of a trend. Yeah. That I get we've that. succumbed to some trend. That'll piss me off. Certain like slogans on paintings will piss me <laughs> off. You know, like work hard or whatever. I'm like, yeah. Everyone's got to work hard. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh -huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And my deep internal fear that I'd be caught trying to actually play the game and then I'd be doing it wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's the real fear yeah. is like if I participate, the thing everyone's doing, but I get it wrong and everyone else got it right, I'd rather just not participate. Sure. Then I won't look stupid. You just reject it before it can that's reject right. you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I can. So I can, deep. I can do that. <laughs> Like yeah. even like I like I told you I had a I had a pair of Z Cavaricis maybe two, and I never had Jordy. Well, I did end up having Jordys like in eleventh grade. Somehow I got all A's or whatever. Yeah. But I had Nike Escapes, which were really nice. Okay. They were a hundred bucks. Oh. But they weren't Jordans. Okay. And because I couldn't really keep up with the Jordan game, I was like, I'm betting on these shoes. No one has these. <laughs> And I'm wearing Carhartt overalls to school. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm afraid I can't get the other stuff exactly right. Yeah. It's sweet. This is fun. This is more like a therapy session than a fact That's check. what we do. But the episode was kind of a therapy session, so. Yeah. Um. Yes. There was a lot of longing gazes. <laughs> oh, right. That the listener won't That the listener about. won't n see. Um, yeah, I wonder if you can see the look, like if you can feel the look on Cooper's face at any point, because there's a couple times it was really sweet. Yeah, he he did. He was giving you a lot of special really sweet looks. looks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys have a special thing. It's nice. We do, and you know what's crazy is I don't, I did not put everything together until that interview. What was always being suggested to me by the few people I would include in like the trials of being friends. Yeah. I think many people thought it was about him ascending in popularity uh -huh. and that being hard for me. Yeah. And which ironically is the case, but it wasn't for the reason that I think people were suggesting. Like that you were jealous. Yes. Or that I couldn't handle being beta number two, number two career-wise. Oh, I see. And yeah. that never felt right to me, right? I was just like, I know that's the obvious thing. And if I'm doing a four-step, that's, you know, and I have a fear of status, it's all right there. But I just in my heart, that wasn't it. Yeah. 
But it was that I didn't think I had a role for him anymore. Yeah. It was a fear that like, well, if Leonardo's on the scene, I don't have a role. A value. I'm like, I was a stepping stone towards some other greatness and now I'm useless. Yeah. But not like, oh, he thinks he's a hot shot or, or you know, he thinks he's so big. or None of that ever happened. Yeah. But but definitely, well, I guess my time is done. Fears happened. But it's never true. My guess is for him, you were safe. You were in a box. You were already there. You were already yeah. his best friend. Yeah. He's not replacing you. There's just this additional stuff happening. Yeah. But you feel replaced. But because I don't see him much. Yeah. Which and, is probably for other factors. Yeah. yeah. And in his head, I'm sure he's like, wait, but you, where'd you go? Because you were always supposed to be there. You're permanent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope you could hear that. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. I've, I've, felt, I've felt that way for the last couple of years okay. since we reconnected okay. over the kid stuff. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm grateful you have him. I'm grateful that there's there's people who you can hear uh-huh. and respect. It's good. There's a lot. I got to go to handful. That's good. Yeah. You're in that list. Thanks. You, Kristen, Tom Hansen, Cooper. There's a lot of people I'm afraid of. my mom i'll lay something out for my mom sometimes and she'll go yeah i can understand why you feel that way do you think it's possible blank and then after do you think it's possible the truth's coming (laughs) yeah um Mm. all righty well it's 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 after thanksgiving so i've done today will be my fourth day of gift guide Oh, wow. I hope you guys have been following it. Oh, my God. You're really. (laughs) This is so weird. We're like, um, we're living in the future. (laughs) You're like writing checks that your future self is going to have to cash. That's right. Boxing myself in. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to put yourself in a box. You do your best work. Got to. Well, I love you. Love you. Love you.